0: Thirty minutes. Okay, let's do it. Okay. So you're fasting today, Doctor Dan, huh? Oh God, I'm fasting today, Doc. Oh my
1: gosh. I forget why, though.
0: <laughs> fasting will do that to you. It'll it'll do that to you. Forget who you are. Yeah. Where you are. Yeah. And why you're here. Where am I here?
1: <laughs> Wait, are we doing the podcast right now?
0: <laughs> we are. We're in the middle of it.
1: You know, you know, I, I, I do that is, um, I mean, one for the health benefits of it. Sure. And we're going to talk about that a little bit today, but, uh, you know, also for the, uh, I noticed that, uh, aside from feeling better and less bloated, um, I was, I, it, it really helps keep my body fat down, which keeps my inflammatory rate down mm-hmm. and I just feel better on it. So like I get a little tired, you know, but I gotta a jujitsu tonight so I have to you know I have to feel up for that but I noticed that uh you know I think clearer uh memory is sharper you know so I'm kidding about the you know the first part but it's yeah and you, i know you fasted before
0: yeah I, can, I kind of uh i kind of do like a intermittent fasting most of most days of the week like i won't i won't have breakfast um mostly because i'm running around the house trying to get the kids ready for school. Right, right. (laughs) And I don't get up early enough.
1: So how, well, let me ask you this. But I'll
0: fast and I won't usually eat till lunchtime. Yeah. Um, So
1: let me ask you this. So what makes that different than a lot of the patients that come in that are morbidly obese that don't eat breakfast? So that's the question
0: is, Sure, and I know the answer, but what's your what's your take on it? Uh, well, one of the things that that is most likely contributing is their digestive function to begin with is mm-hmm. just shot. Yeah. Uh, so you're probably having somebody that's not having a bowel movement on a regular basis, mm-hmm. and when that doesn't happen on a regular basis, then people don't want to eat on a regular basis too, because yeah. you're all. Yeah. Filled up literally full of crap. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's a, uh, a, a signal that happens when you eat telling your bowels to empty themselves. Yeah. So common to, well, not necessarily common, but it's ideal to like eat a meal. Yeah. And then a little while later feel like you got to go take a poop. Yeah. So if that's not happening on a regular basis, then you're eating timing of your eating schedule can be totally thrown off. Yeah. isn't that fascinating. Yeah. One of the best things that you can do for your gut is to give it a break. Yeah. Um, well, give said, it a rest.
1: One thing I kind of notice, um, and I notice with, uh, you know, like unhealthy, obese people, like they, they, they go out the door and usually drink, a, uh, you know, coffee and, and the trouble is, is that they think that they're they're fasting, but you, they you know a lot of them loaded up with sugar and cream and that sort of thing. That's yeah. that that breaks the fast. Yeah, kind of one. So you can't count that as a fast. But um, I think what's what's interesting is that you have to know what meal that you're going to come out of the fast with. Oh, yeah. And so often it's just an unhealthy, you know, you go to the buffet or you go to the, the fast food and you, you pile on a bunch of food and, um, that, that kind of negates the effects of the health aspects of the fast.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. If you're breaking a fast with a drive-through burger and fries and 32 ounce soda. That's a problem. That's a big, <laughs> that's a big problem. Yeah. I mean, the whole point, I think, of fasting is, like I said, to give your gut a yeah. rest, yeah, yeah, give it a chance to digest, give it a chance to kind of reset itself. Yeah. Um, and that can I mean, we know that there's that gut brain activity yeah. going on. Dr. David Perlmutter, he's written several books about that. The, you know, the grain brain or mm-hmm. brain power. He's got a bunch of books. He's a neurologist. Yeah. And he he delves into like that whole gut brain neurological function connection. Yeah, yeah. We know, we know that. You've got tons of nervous system activity going on in the gut, processing vitamins, processing all kinds of stuff. So giving your gut a rest, one of my buddies, he's the one I co-wrote that book with, mm-hmm. he went and did a whole internship at a place in California called mm-hmm. True North. Mm-hmm. It's a fasting facility, mm-hmm. like medically supervised fasting facility. Mm-hmm. They'll have patients come out there from all over the world and come in with type two diabetes leave without it, without it. Isn't that crazy? Uh, come in with rheumatoid arthritis, high blood pressure, all kinds of like chronic health conditions. And by, and they, they get pretty intense. I mean, they're doing like water fasts and juice fasts. And, uh, for some, I think 40 days is like the longest fast that they'll do with somebody. Hmm. I mean, but they're, hundred percent medically supervised check in labs, yeah, yeah. you know, monitored the whole time and patients leave without their chronic health condition. It's pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's crazy The, that, you know,
1: um, being able to shut off the phenotype. So say if you have, you know, when someone has rheumatoid arthritis, Yeah. I mean, we've seen that where all of a sudden their symptoms just go away once they start to turn off that inflammatory response. Uh-huh. So genetically they can still test for that RA factor but they have no symptoms, which is interesting.
0: Yeah. Which kind of leads us into today's topic, doctor. Yeah, this is something that's been on my mind. I posted it up on my social media, just a question on my Instagram a few weeks ago. Uh Uh, All these talks about, you know, supply chain issues and diesel shortages, and I think now they're talking about some kind of railroad strike or shutting down the railroads, freight and all that. Yeah. So And this is something that I had in my mind too, all through naturopathic medical school is if you couldn't get your medicines, what would you do? right uh, I'm sure the numbers have changed, but I remember reading an article I think it was in the New York Times referencing a like a Mayo Clinic study talking about how like the majority of adult people in the United States are on five or more drugs. Um, I'm sure the, the numbers are different now. That was like back in 2013. Uh, it's probably worse now. Oh, I'm sure. You know? I'm sure it hasn't gotten better. So there's a lot of us walking around here in the country that are on multiple medications, prescription mm-hmm. medications. Yeah. And like, do you ever sit and think like, where do those medications come from? Right. I just go to the pharmacy and pick it up and I get a brand new shiny bottle every 30 days where that's got to come from somewhere and so if if you can't have access to your medicines mm-hmm. uh, what do you do yeah
1: <laughs> well and so and so often you know in this day and age there's a, a lot of talk of uh, prepping for those days you know mm-hmm. if we do have you know supply chain issues but uh, you know from gas to food or you know whatever it is but you know in the end majority of people think this is an afterthought. It's just like, you know, it's like yeah. leading the, the life of, you know, excess and then all of a sudden having a stroke. And then you're wondering why, you know, all of a sudden, gosh, I guess I should have thought about my health rather than, you know, <laughs> eating at fast food joints every single day for the, the past 20 years.
0: Yeah. You know, there, there's a phrase I heard in school, either pay the farmer or pay the pharmacy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's a concern. and, and I'm not talking necessarily about, I don't know. When I posted the thing on Instagram, I had a mom respond with, this is something I think about every single day. I have mm-hmm. a son that's on insulin. Mm-hmm. If he can't get his insulin, oh, he's yeah. he's dead. So, yeah. uh, you know, there's absolutely some potentially life-threatening situations if you can't get access to your medicines. In my mind, when I posed that question, I was more thinking... About the very commonly used drugs that y- you don't necessarily need, mm-hmm. and and I, you know, I want to phrase this right. Like not, yeah, sure. If somebody has crazy high blood pressure, mm-hmm. a blood pressure medicine may be appropriate. Mm-hmm. But there are other ways to reduce your blood pressure and normalize your blood pressure. And I think too often patients just uh, want a pill for everything. Sure, not think about it. instead of doing the work and putting in the work and, and just, you know empowering yourself and, and changing your body composition, changing what you eat, changing how you sleep, change how you respond to stress to the point where you don't need that medication anymore. yeah
1: you know um, well, just just so so everyone knows out there that we aren't. Fueling fear without facts. Um, no. You can go to uh, accessdata.fda.gov which is the FDA's website uh-huh. and they publish the FDA drug shortages. Yeah. <laughs> and we have over 200 drugs or pardon me almost 200 drugs that are on the currently in shortage range. Yeah. You know, things from uh, um amino acids to albuterol for Albuterol, asthma.
0: I saw that one. Yeah. That was kind of surprising. That's a very commonly yeah. used medicine, the inhalers. Uh, bacteriostatic water. Yeah. You know, to I be able that, to
1: mix up stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's really uh, interesting. Lidocaine is on there. Um, what's the uh, diabetic drug that we saw on there?
0: Uh, Semiglutide. Semiglutide. Yeah. So that's a peptide thing. Yeah. Yeah, so you can,
1: you know, so this is what's interesting, and this is kind of why we, we um, were thinking about this is that when we have the supply chain, and, and many don't know, but we almost had a huge diesel shortage. Yeah. Um, that I had patients that were, you know, in the uh, school system that we're talking about, and they literally came down to where they had a week's worth of, of red diesel. In their in their storage units, and they mm-hmm. had to make some, you know, they had to make some other plans. Hence, why and many people haven't seen this, but hence why you see school buses. I don't know if they're still doing it, but they were fueling up at the the local QTs and that sort oh, of thing. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, my son had because he knew what was coming, uh-huh. and uh, you know, he said, "Daddy," he goes, "You know what's interesting is out by SU. And He goes, "There's a bunch of school buses lined up at this." Gas station goes, I've never seen that before. He goes, I guess that you know what your patient was saying was right. But. Oh my gosh. Um, but anyway, um, you know, the when we look at all of these uh these shortages, like when you know when uh COVID came out, mm-hmm. and we had the toilet paper and the the paper towel shortage, and you know, yeah. it, shelves were bare. Uh, you know, it was really fascinating. I always look at the cheap food because you can kind of see yeah. that shit goes first. Like the uh, the top ramen, <laughs> yeah. gone. Yeah. I mean, just
0: gone. And I, I remember um, not being able to find like a bag of rice. Yeah, for weeks.
1: Yeah, and you know, even then, and you know, back when you know this was twenty years ago when we had a uh, uh, supply line break coming up from Tucson, mm-hmm. we had no gas here. And so you literally would have to go out at like two or three in the morning, look, looking for gas, or you would see uh, tankers that would have a mile long of cars following them, following them to wherever they were going to fill, and then they would just sit there. And it was when you know, was this? It was probably twenty years ago because I remember my kids uh, okay. were born, and I used to go out. You know, I mean, luckily I I don't have you know that far to drive, but um, yeah. You know, it was like two or three in the morning. You have to go out looking for gas. And I remember, you know, wow. I, I live in downtown Gilbert, and I had to go all the way to Sun Lakes to find any. Sun and Lakes. This is any gas. I mean, this is diesel. This is any type of gas. Oh my goodness. But anyway, um, so the, so one, so one thing is that you know we have we have seen supply chain issues, um, fairly recent. Um, there was the big supply chain issue that we're you're currently dealing with, mm-hmm. but what people don't realize. And even the ones in, in even the, the, the old folks that go down to Mexico to buy their drugs, the majority of drugs that we take
0: are manufactured in China and India. That's scary. Yeah. I mean, with the state of the world and all the strife and all the fighting between nations and posturing and all that, that's, I mean, I, I don't like being dependent on anybody. Right. So that's part of what's kind of sparking this concept or conversation for me is you know our goal here I've said we said it earlier about empowering everybody, you know empowering you to know that you can make some changes. Right. Get healthy right. to the point where you're not dependent on an outside source. Yeah. Yeah. For your quote unquote health. Yeah. Right. You know there's that stupid phrase. Like you're not depressed because you're Prozac deficient. Right. <laughs> well, and that you know,
1: and that's, that's fascinating but, too, is, you know, the, uh, the, the, that depression model that, uh, you know, where you have, uh, chemical imbalance in your brain and then they, mm-hmm. they did a huge research study and found like, no, that's such bullshit.
0: Yeah. And go that, back. I, I did, I don't know if I told you that I did it, but I did a short little video episode on here. So go back and listen to that one. It's the serotonin, uh, theory of depression is debunked. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's what I wanted to get at is are like, are you on a handful of medications that can be reduced and potentially eliminated? And you know, are there other things out there that you can do to, to make it so that you're not dependent? Cause I mean, I can't tell you how many times we get these little last minute calls from patients mm-hmm. on a weekend or, oh, they got a trip coming up mm-hmm. and I need a refill. Yeah. So, like, if you're in that desperate situation and all of a sudden you need a refill yeah, and you go to the pharmacy and, sorry, we don't have anything yeah. for you. Like, that's scary. Well, that is, I mean, that is scary. And,
1: you know, that's why, you know, in this clinic for the new year, we want to, you know, start empowering people in order to take really take charge of their health yeah because you think of you know if you're on high blood pressure medication you know there's uh patients that i have to check depending on their symptoms before i adjust them mm-hmm. and if their blood pressure is too high yeah i don't touch them because you you run the, an increased risk of stroke you know with a, a cervical adjustment yeah but you know put that in perspective. So if I tell the patient, okay, you know, your blood pressure is way too high. You need to call your, you know, your cardiologist, your primary care, follow up with, you know, what they need you to do. But, you know, realize yeah. that this is a warning sign. But what if you didn't have the blood pressure medication to fall back on? Right. And then you look, you know, then you're feeling low about yourself. You look down and you can't even see your feet because your gut's too big. <laughs> um, you're stressed out, you know, all of these things go into, you know, why we have such a drug drug epidemic, whether it be prescription or non-prescription. Sure. You know, people are, are just, they're not taking charge of their health or, or their own, you know, their own uh, psyche and, and looking for escapes rather than just, you know, charging it head on and, and uh, battling the...
0: Well, it, it has to be a mentality shift away from there's a pill for everything. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to take any personal responsibility mm-hmm. and just go to my doctor, ask my, ask your doctor about X, Y, Z, right? We, some of these things, these chronic conditions, there's gotta be some personal responsibility and lifestyle changes. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what we talk about here all the time. So, um, I'm always really happy when a patient comes back and tells me, Hey, you know, I, I, decreased my dose of X, Y, Z. And, and it, maybe it wasn't even something that we had talked about mm-hmm. and they just kind of intuitively feel like, Oh, maybe I don't need this as much anymore. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll skip a couple days and see how I feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so I think coming into the new year, I think it's going to be a bigger focus of mine mm-hmm. for patients here mm-hmm. is to have that conversation, yeah. you know, and I always ask what medications they're taking, but, uh, it just clinically, I guess it hasn't been a huge focus of mine mm-hmm. to try to reduce that, but I, mm-hmm. I want it to be a kind of a conscious thing Yeah, just cause I, I don't want my patients to be in a situation like that where now they're dependent on, you know, five, six drugs and mm-hmm. can't get them. And what do we do now? Yeah.
1: Well, you and I've been doing this long enough that. You know, and and you know, thankfully for the care that we give, and you know, patients realize that we have their best interests in mind, not our bar pocketbook. Mm-hmm. You know, so many doctors out there. The uh, I'm I'm able to see the long term effects of someone who doesn't take charge of their health, and um, it's uh, you know, you got you had the uh, the ability to meet one of my long term patients, and it was fascinating because. Um, she, uh, came to me one time when I was in my old office, we had the family practice and you know, her, her medication usage just kept going up and up and up, meaning yeah, high blood pressure. She was obese. So you're talking high blood pressure. You're talking statins. You're talking, um, uh, diabetic type medication.
0: Well, that's the, sorry to interrupt, but that's yeah. the, that's the norm. Like that's the MO of Western medicine is, oh, that's not working. We're going to double the dose. Right. Oh, that's not working anymore? Okay, yeah. we're gonna add this second medicine. Right. And all along the way you've got side effects. And and so it's rare that you have a a a doctor out there that's just like, okay, let's try to wean this back a little bit. Yeah. And know. and and the importance of of what you just said is this is that
1: um Drugs have a toxic level the you know the body becomes very efficient at clearancing them out Mm -hmm. Um, but the effects uh, tend to Decrease as time goes on Mm -hmm. So what I always explain to my patients that are really struggling with this is that you you know uh, Say if it's diabetes, you know, there is no happy ending if you just take medication alone and do nothing else yeah. because we still see people every single year go blind, have amputations, you know, and aside from, you know, not having any gas in the tank when it comes to like battling COVID or something like that, yeah. you know? So the, the patient that you saw yesterday, she came to me and she was like, you know, they want me to increase all this medication, you know, um, are there natural things that I can do? And the I think one of the problems that we always see, and, and this is like the, the Dr. Google effect, which is, okay, I'm just going to go Google what I might, what, you know, what's kind of a natural alternative with no real direction. And so the next thing you know is that people are taking, they don't understand that there's, there's uh, drug interactions with different herbs and different things. And so you really have to have someone that can guide you through it. So I, I, I told her and I said, you you know, do you want the straight answer and, or do you want the kind of politically correct to make you feel good? Mm -hmm. She goes, you always give it to me straight. And I said, you know, you gotta, you gotta drop about 80, 90 pounds you got to lower your stress in your life. I said, you got to get your shit together because the path that you're going down does not have a happy ending. Yeah. And I um, said, so anyway, I um, thought I lost her as a patient because she, you know, I didn't see her for a while. And she comes in literally, I mean, 100 pounds lighter. Yeah. And I was like, you know, the first thing, it concerns me because it's like you want to make sure that they aren't sick. Right. You know, but I'm like, oh, my gosh. He yeah. dropped away. What, you know, what's the reasoning behind it? And she <laughs> goes, well, you. And I said, really? And so, you know, what was interesting is that this girl changed her total life. She got rid of an abusive husband, changed her religion, um, gone on a full exercise program, you know, uh, changed her total diet. Yeah. And, um, you know, what was fascinating is at the time uh, she was on no medication. She She was able to get... Off of everything, yeah, and that's such a stark uh, look that patients will have to you when you know they get they're on all of the you know the the big medications the statins the blood pressure medication yeah. the glucose you know usually pain relievers you know that sort of thing right is that you can tell them hey you don't have to be on all of this you know how about you drop a hundred pounds and you'd probably have you wouldn't have to take any of this then you're saving money yeah. on the medications you're feeling better. Um, and which, you know, another fallacy is, is that there are some weight loss drugs out there, but they don't give you that wellness type feeling is it, from, if you do it in a healthful way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I sat down, I, I know who you're talking about. I sat down with her yesterday. Uh, and if I'm sure you've seen that look on, on her face, but if you could have seen the look on her face, like how happy she was reminiscing on making that huge life change. Uh, you made a huge difference in her life and you know, she, she did, she dropped like 70, hundred pounds, something like that, yeah. um, uh, by changing how she was eating. Um, she used, and this is not a sponsorship of anything, but she said she used weight watchers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a big part of weight watchers is modifying your portion size, sure. uh, food combinations, making sure you're getting good, you know, protein and fats and mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Uh, for some people it works awesome. Uh, there's some accountability there too. Mm -hmm. I I think they've changed their model over the years, but I think you used to like go to meetings and have like a coach or have some kind of mentor connected to you or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so that's huge. You know, having somebody that you're accountable to Mm -hmm. and that you can check in with Mm -hmm. when you're making lifestyle changes like that. Uh, but that was huge for her, you know, and some weight Watchers doesn't work for everybody, but it works for some people. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so me personally, see, <clears throat> I think the, the direction
1: that we're going for the new year is, is, it's one thing to lose weight, but it's a whole nother thing that once the weight comes off, then the next complaint that I hear is this, I don't look good with my clothes off. Mm. Meaning you're set, sa- you're a saggy, soft body, <laughs> you're skinny fat. Yeah. And so. Hence why, you know, we want to try and, you know, show people that there are better ways, better ways for weight loss, um, empowering your body in order to have a strong immune system, strong body, Mm -hmm. um, have the energy and the ability to actually do things. And, um, you know, when I was looking at the, you know, all of the classes, patients would make comments, you know, like, like we would have a bunch of tough guys, you know, former military um, you know, what, you know, they, they, uh, they suffer, they suffer from the, I used to syndrome, yeah. you know, I used to be able to do this. I used to be able to do that. I'm like, <laughs> you ain't doing nothing now because so often when we put people in, you know, like there was this big drop with the elections of, you know, violence and, you know, what's still going on. We just don't hear about it. But, um. You know, I would have patients say, well, if, you know, anyone came to my house and, you know, I'd do this and that. And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you, you would, you would last about 20 seconds. I said, Why don't you want to come to jujitsu class and uh, I'll make my point. Yeah. And, you know, what you did 10, 15, 20 years ago, you know, in the military or in high school or whatever it is, doesn't count. Yeah. And you may have that killer ability, but, um, or that instinct. But still, if you don't have the machine, the body in order to fulfill, you know, those actions, you know, you're as good as dead. Right. And so the, it w- and it was, you know, something that I really saw as, um, you know, empowering for me because, you know, I was put in a, in a situation with, uh, you know, the different classes that we do here and boy, I was, I really sucking wind. Yeah. And, um, so I think that regardless of, you know, um, this whole empowerment, you know, is really going to bring some people into a a good realm of where they want to be for the new year?
0: I think so. Um, I, you know, like I said, even back when I was going through school, that was constantly on my mind. Like if I was, I would play out these scenarios in my head. Like if I was dropped in the middle of nowhere and I had, you know, nothing around, could I survive? And so I get really excited when we started learning about like plant-based medicine Mm -hmm. Uh, herbal medicine, you know, being able to go out into the desert and identify a couple of plants and use them. Um, so, and pretty interesting to know too, that a lot of our pharmaceuticals are based on plants mm-hmm. like, you know, big pharma, they isolate a compound in a, in a plant mm-hmm. and purify it and patent it and name it and bottle it. And now they can charge hundred bucks for it. Sure. And um, Statins, antidepressants are the big ones for that. Yeah, yeah. even even something as basic as aspirin, mm-hmm. right? That comes from the bark of a tree. Sure. And and so, you know, I I have a healthy skepticism of the motivations of big pharma, and you know, if you go back to listen to our episode about the Flexner report, um, you know, Rockefeller and that whole shift away from the widespread you know, variety of different medical disciplines in the United States, Mm -hmm. you know, herbal medicine, chiropractors, Mm -hmm. uh, naturopathic doctors, you know, there's there for decades, there has been an agenda of pushing people towards drugs and surgery, Mm uh, to the point where that is seen as healthcare. Mm -hmm. Um, to me that is seen as last resort. Sure. And too often, you know, that's, that's the first line of attack for most patients, and the, and we have branded that as healthcare. Yeah. When it's really, it's not. It's absolutely not. Yeah. It's far from it. Uh, there's so many things you can do before having to take a, a pill or having to cut something out.
1: Right. <laughs> well, I'll end with this: that uh, on my side, that um, there was a, a saying that says, "Make time for wellness, or you will be forced to make time for your illness." Mm. And um, I remember uh, when I was uh, first forming, you know, the way that I was going to practice, Dr. Bob on the radio, Dr. Bob Martin, I worked for him for a year, year and a half. And uh, I remember he was so proud of his son because they, uh, in his, you know, elementary room class, they were going around and saying, uh, you know, which which drugs they were on. And it could have been junior high, I don't know. But they said, uh, they got to him and he said, well... I'm not on any drugs,
0: and they said what?
1: And he says no. Nah. They said, "Well, why aren't you on any drugs?" He goes, "Because drugs are for sick people. And I'm not sick." <laughs> and I, I always remember that. And Bob was just proud as ever. And I thought, you know what? That's um, that's actually pretty uh, a pretty powerful statement. Sure, coming from a kid.
0: The so there's a there's a guy that I follow on Twitter. Um, his name is Doc Anarchy. Sounds like my type of guy. His, his, his full Twitter handle is doctor. It's spelled out D-O-C-T-O-R. Doctor Anarchist. Uh-huh. Uh, just, let's see. Oh, just this morning, in fact. I saw this this morning. He says people will take Xanax, sertraline, which is an antidepressant, Nexium, uh, acid reflux drug. Uh-huh. Xanax, sertraline, Tylenol, metformin, atorvastatin, metoprolol, ibuprofen, and trazodone. And then they'll make fun of a guy who takes supplements. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, is that the truth? I mean, we just, there's so, there's way too many people out there that just will take a handful of pills prescribed from the doctor. Yeah. And not even think twice about it. Yeah. And, and then you ask him to take a B complex because mm-hmm. they're exhausted mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, I don't know, is that. Is that going to do anything? Like, is that safe? <laughs> I had, no joke, I had a, a patient. She was uh, a veteran, so she'd mm-hmm. been seen in the VA system, uh, was on all kinds of drugs, mm-hmm. and totally exhausted, mentally, emotionally exhausted. And, and so I had recommended to her uh, kind of a little regimen of some vitamins and supplements to mm-hmm. try. Mm-hmm. And she wanted to check with her VA doctors. Oh, like they're going to To make sure that it was safe. Yeah. Like they're going to know. Meanwhile, she's on 10 different drugs. She wanted to check with her doctors to make sure the vitamins were safe. Yeah, and that unbelievable. And I, I guess how many times I saw her again. <laughs>
1: None times. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Never it's came sad. Back. Very sad.
0: You know? you know, the, the,
1: uh, I know, because I know that COVID's coming back. So I know we got, we have to do a little update on that, but I had a nurse come in mm-hmm. and this was fascinating. And, and this is what I kind of see going through the, the realms, which is, uh, she said, well, well, this line of COVID, this, uh, strain of COVID, your body ha- doesn't make antibodies to." <gasps> what? I said, really? I said, when did you get COVID again? She goes, well, I just got over it last week. And I said, well. What got you better? <laughs> and you have seen the deer in the headlights look. What? <laughs> like, <laughs> I said if your immune system it doesn't react to it, then what's your uh, what got you better? Yeah. What did she say? Yeah. Uh, well, I've been vaccine for vaccine, uh, you know, two vaccines and the two boosters four times. There you times. go. There so you so go. The, I said so. So it was the vaccine. I said, well, if you got the vaccine, then why'd you get it? <laughs> well, <laughs> did the, did you see the hamsters running yeah. around on the, but the, the point that I'm trying to make is this, is that the high level doctors that you and I know that when, you know, someone is having issues, whether it be with, um, you know, getting kicked out of a, an office because they haven't gotten vaccinated. We have some very high level doctors that own hospitals mm-hmm. throughout the Valley and you and I will text them and say, Hey, who, you know, who do you guys recommend? Here's the situation. Yeah. And uh, majority of these doctors don't take any medications yeah and it's fascinating we've had we've had this conversation long and hard and you know uh non-vaccinated um on no medications they are in you know on that health cake that we we're talking about. Yeah. It's just that when, you know, the, the pharmaceutical lobbies is such a huge monster machine. Right. That they have the advertisements about this. I mean, they're advertising drugs. They only tell you what to look at what they are. Right. Go ask your doctor about this.
0: Yeah. We're one, we're one of the only countries. I think there's only one other country. I can't remember which one it is that legally allows direct to consumer advertising of drugs. Yeah. You know, you can't, I mean, it's very clear who is sponsoring the news because every, almost every single commercial is for a drug Yeah. and ask your doctor about this.
1: Yeah. And then these dummies go out and, you know, have the, have the gall to say, well, I want to go talk to my PCP and make sure it's okay to take a vitamin. <laughs> yeah, you know, why don't you go play in the street and, oh, and uh,
0: save us all a little time. All right, doc, that's it. So yeah, new year. Look for that. I'll probably... Start promoting that, you know, helping people come off of their commonly used medications. I think that will make a big difference. So, until next time. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us again for another episode of Community Guidelines. As always, views expressed here are our own or those of our guests. This show should not be taken as medical advice. Please consult with your personal physicians regarding anything that we say. You can connect with us online. You can find Dr. Dan on TikTok. His username is Dr. Dan the Man. That's Dr. spelled out, D-O-C-T-O-R. You can find Dr. Bradford on gab.com. His username is A-B-N-D. Or you can find him on Instagram at Dr. Alan Bradford. That's D-R-A-L-A-N-B-R-A-D-F-O-R-D. Until next time, thanks for joining us.